Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest very shortly. And I promise this will be a fun and informative hour, as always. I just want to take a minute or two to share a few things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I do this every single week. But before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. That's B-R-I-A-N, phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Now, I'm sure a lot of us have experienced horrible customer service a few times in our lives. If a business wants to thrive and see repeat customers, it's important to listen, care, and be present to what your customer wants and needs. I remember a very specific situation from when I was a kid. I was at a Sears store with my grandpa, and he wanted to buy a hammer. We waited at the counter and saw two employees just a few feet away, not noticing or caring that a paying customer was ready to buy something. Grandpa leaned over to me and said, let's see how long this takes. It was probably two or three minutes before either one of them noticed us, and then finally one of them says, Hi, sir, how can I help you? And my grandpa told them that they seemed more interested in talking to each other than helping a paying customer, so we will buy our item somewhere else. And then we left. I thought that was really bold, but it was a valuable lesson. Life is too short to work with people who irritate you and don't care. Customers have a lot of choices these days. So pay attention to people, listen to them, and be present. You'll be so glad you did. So with all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest. And this week, my guest is Brad Blazer. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Brad Blazer went from a junior broker to millionaire founder of an oil company at the young age of 23. He then lost it all and went broke. After discovering some major mindset shifts, he was able to reinvent himself and raise over $2 billion for other companies. Additionally, he has set records for multiple companies, closing the largest transactions in their history, including one that was worth $11 million. Today, he's the founder of The Art of Beliefology, a concept and program that helps individuals overcome limiting beliefs that are holding him back from greater success in life. He's also a captivating speaker and author of the number one rated book for young entrepreneurs, and it's called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. We have so much to talk about today. So here we are with my very special guest, Brad Blazer. Brad, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So the first question I normally ask people is give us a sense of your backstory. I know I elaborated on or alluded to some of it in the bio, but give us a sense of your backstory, how you got to where you are. 
No, absolutely. Uh, my story is a very different journey than most entrepreneurs or most individuals. Uh, I know that most individuals, when they uh, go to college, plan to get out and start a job. I was immediately catapulted into the oil and gas industry as the young CEO and founder of a company that I started in my early 20s. And, uh, you know, most people were naysayers. They looked at me and said, let's give Brad six months and see how long this lasts. But I built that company up over approximately a decade to a company raising millions of dollars a month uh, with projects in Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana. I think at our peak, we had about 35 people. And then in the late 1980s, two things happened that dramatically changed my life. And um, I don't have any regrets, but number one, of course, the tax laws changed. The Tax Reform Act of 1987 did away with a lot of the incentives that were in place at the time for investment capital. And number two, OPEC was, of course, in much greater control of the oil and gas industry, and they put tremendous downward pressure on oil prices. And it cost us at the time about $11 to produce the commodity, and we could only sell it for 9 so I made one of the most challenging, difficult decisions I probably ever had to make, and that was, do I put money back into the company, trying to keep the company afloat, or do I dissolve it and go on to bigger and better things in my life? And so over the course of about a year and a half, we slowly consolidated, uh, never went bankrupt. That really never entered my mind. As I say, we like to do things the right way. So we just gave our employees severance. We paid off the creditors, and slowly we just uh, eventually dissolved the business and shut the doors. And I went back to school. I finished up my undergraduate degree, which I had never completed. And then when I came out, I did something that, unfortunately, most people never do. And that is I looked at myself introvertly and I said, what is Brad Blazer's hard skill? What am I really, really good at that people would be willing to pay me a lot of money for? And what I realized I was really good at, Brian, is I was really good at raising money and talking to investors. And so I entered the career of financial services, basically raising money for myself and others. And like you said, I raised uh, well over $2 billion for real estate deals and oil and gas and private equity, made a very nice living for myself. And like you said, have closed some of the largest transactions for global companies, 11 million, 9 million, 7.5 million. And what that's really allowed me to do is understand where most companies fall apart in the sales cycle and really understand why most sales professionals don't um, have what I call the prey drive. They're not constantly closing. They're not constantly jabbing and asking for the sale throughout that process. And so that launched a book, which has gone on to become a, one of the best sellers for young entrepreneurs. And in tandem, we have a second book coming out here in about another month called A Blueprint for Your Better Self. And that has allowed me to get on stages as an entrepreneur and also start our coaching and uh, training business. That is absolutely fantastic. So the idea of being an entrepreneur, has that always been in your blood somewhere? I know that you worked with other companies, but what is it that made you want to decide to do that? Really, it's, I think, two things. Number one, it's being in control of your own destiny, and it's really the freedom that being an entrepreneur provides oneself. When you obviously go to work for other people, as I have, you're raising money for people and you're saying to yourself, wow, I just raised this guy $65, $70 million, made him rich. Yeah, I did well myself, but think of what it would have been if that money was actually for me. And so I think the journey as an entrepreneur is one where I'm at a point in my life now where really for me personally, it's more about helping others reach a level of success in their lives. I know from my past and work I did when I was the CEO of an oil company transforming a number of young professionals' lives, 
that I have the ability to transform people's lives. It really comes down to instilling new habits in people, understanding that most people lack the habits. They know what they need to do. They're just not doing it. And so the role really, I think, of a mentor or a coach is to really do three things. Number one, support people. Number two, encourage them. And lastly, challenge them to get outside the box and start doing things a little differently. And when people start to do that, they start to see dramatic, phenomenal results. Yeah. So when, when you talk about coaching, when you talk about supporting them and, and challenging them, there's a line. You know, I guess you have to have a good relationship with the person that you are coaching or mentoring to the place where they are willing to accept that feedback. And is there sort of a process where you vet them first to determine if they are willing to accept that kind of feedback? Absolutely. Um, people have to have the desire. I never push anybody into a coaching relationship uh, until we really have gotten to know that individual, really gotten to understand what their goals are, what they want to accomplish, and most importantly, what's holding them back, what systems, what structures are they lacking, how can we and our team of people, the people that I've networked, help that people solve problems. As you know, um, money changes hands when problems are solved. Yes. And so I believe very strongly in the initial conversations we have with people, we need to find out what problems they're facing in their life and then communicate to them how we can help them solve those problems. If we can solve them, great. If we can't, that's fine, too. And at that point, traditionally, many people will turn to us and hire us to coach them and mentor them so that they can reach uh, greater levels of success in their career or in their business. I love that. So you mentioned earlier about raising $2 billion. I want to ask because I do occasionally talk to people who are in the business of raising money or uh, want people want to borrow money from them. And so I like to ask, I mean, what does it take to be able to, to do that? I mean, of course, you have to be assertive. You have to be unafraid to ask for what you want. But what does it take to be able to ask for that kind of money successfully? You know, there's really a couple things. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation, Brian, but really it comes down to uh, a number of things. In sales, I found that there are different types of sales professionals. There's the relationship builder. And this is the individual that always wants to be liked by the customer or prospect. Uh, there's the hard worker. You know, this guy comes in early, stays late, makes the required 80 to 100 calls a day, but really has nothing valuable to say. Uh, there's the reactive problem solver. He's good at solving problems for customers after they are a customer, but really he's not good at actually getting people to become one. There's the lone wolf that just is, uh, you know, putting his head down, doing the job, and then there's the challenger. And the challenger is actually the one that I think people have to become. They are the one that creates what I call that friendly tension between themselves and the customer that's always moving that prospect forward in the buying process. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to raise capital? Uh, the biggest mistake is not asking for it. It's not having the courage or what I call the prey drive. And it really it comes down to a, a lack of boldness and conviction in your services or what you're actually selling. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I can understand that. So who has influenced you the most in your career? We've got maybe a minute or so to break. You know, I've really studied a, a lot of the key people. Uh, Tony Robbins was very influential. Uh, I've read his works, as was Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Brennan Bouchard, uh, Stephen Covey, and Jack Welch. Uh, I've literally spent the last probably seven years uh, really studying the habits of successful people. 
Yeah. How important is it for you to have a team around you who supports you? Uh, it's very, very important. I strongly believe in the power of a mastermind group and getting people that can mentor me as well as support me in the direction I want to go in life. Absolutely. We're coming up against our very first break. My special guest this week is Brad Blazer, and we will be talking about his book, On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. When we come back from the break, we will also talk about the art of belifology during this show, and we'll talk about a lot of different things. And he's met and talked with a lot of really, really great people. And I'd love to hear about what he learned from Kevin O'Leary, because I love the Shark Tank, and he is Mr. Wonderful, and I like all of them for various reasons. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return shortly right on the other side. Stay tuned. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Togenet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Togenet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Brad Blazer. We will talk about his book shortly. It's called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. And if you have not picked up my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. It's in every fine bookstore everywhere. And if they don't have it, make them get it. That's just that simple. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes and leave a review. That would be really fantastic. So, Brad, let's talk about your book. It's called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. Why did you write it? Well, the book really um, 
is nothing more than the compilation of stories and messages I've taken from interactions I've had with some great thought leaders in sports, business, and politics. I started meeting these people about seven years ago, people like George W. Bush, uh, Commander-in-Chief Oliver North, Kevin O'Leary, uh, you know, NFL superstar Joe Namath, Fran Tarkenton, Rudy Rudiger. And so one day I was just sitting in my office, Brian, and I was looking at this huge stack of notes. And I said, wow, I bet you there are millions of people all around the world that would love to meet just half of these folks. And I've met each and every one. And so I put together the outline, understanding that each of these great thought leaders has an underlying message as to what made them successful. And that's, lo and behold, how I came up with the book. I kind of intertwined stories of my past as a CEO of my own company. But really, it's a way that individuals that pick up the book can not only learn from me, but also some of these other great thought leaders that I've had the pleasure of interacting with and getting to know. Fantastic. What was the writing process like for you? Was it difficult or did it flow pretty easily? You know, once I got the outline put together and kind of dedicated what you would call a topic or heading to a chapter, it came pretty easily. Uh, it flowed well. Of course, there was a lot of editing and going back and clarifying the message and just making sure that one chapter flowed easily to the next. But I think when you've got a book inside your head and you want to sit down and write it, it just starts flowing. And there were nights, man, when I would just be at the computer literally until two and three in the morning. I yeah. uh, didn't want to stop, but realized I had to. And, uh, you know, you just come back the next day and you finish it up. I'd say the entire process from start to finish, you know, probably took about nine months. Yeah. Fantastic. I tell my book writing clients all the time, write an outline first because the book will practically write itself if you do and have your stories in the right place in your outline because your stories have to serve a purpose. They can't be the point. They have to support a point. And a lot of people make that mistake. So I'm glad to hear that. So you open the book by asking, are you a chicken or a pig? What does that mean? <laughs> tell us about that. Well, the concept of are you a chicken or a pig is are you truly committed to your goals and dreams in life. So many people have goals and dreams and aspirations of what they want to become. They just never take action. And as you and I know, Brian, there's really three types of people. I call the first group the blamers. They're blaming everybody else for their lack of success. Oh, my boss didn't give me the tools I needed, or my wife won't let me start the business because she doesn't believe in me. The second group are what I call the dreamers. You know, Mark Cuban has a great way to frame this. He says there's a big difference between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. And uh, the dreamers are always dreaming, they're, but they're never taking action. And then the last bucket that people are in are the game changers. These are people like me that just take action. They figure it out along the way and they realize that life is a journey. And so I think one of the big things I try to communicate people is you got to make a decision. Are you going to be a dreamer, a blamer, or are you going to be a game changer and go out and make stuff happen in your life? Yeah, absolutely. And I think some people really have a problem with committing to their dream. And so they just sit forever on their dream and wonder, what if? Where did you learn about commitment? How did that become important to you? I think I first learned about commitment when I started my oil company. You know, when I was 23, I didn't know anything about running a multi-million dollar business. I just thought you needed some business cards and letterhead and boom, there you go. Mm -hmm. And I figured things out along the way. And I think when I finally came out the other end after running a very successful business, I just had the confidence. And I said to myself, you know, there aren't many 23-year-old kids that build multi-million dollar businesses. And I think that's what really gave me the confidence to do things in my life that I've gone out and accomplished. But I think that for many people, it's really just the fear of the unknown, you know, the fear of rejection. 
And what you have to realize, and I actually coach on this, is failure in life is a very good thing because it provides a learning experience. It's the definition and the beliefs that you tie to that failure. If you look at it in a positive frame of light and say, wow, I failed, but look at what I've learned. I've learned one new way not to do what I was doing before. I mean, the story of Colonel Sanders, I think, is a great story. He failed over a thousand times before finally getting somebody to embrace his chicken recipe. And, of course, today there are hundreds of Kentucky Fried Chickens all across the nation. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about dreamers a little bit ago. Everything starts there, however. Why do you think people are afraid to go after their dreams and move to that next step? There's a very, very uh, important process that takes place in the human mind. And it's the process of actually implanting or writing your goals down on a piece of paper. Uh, There was a study done by Harvard years ago where they tracked a couple hundred people. And what they found is only 3% of that group had taken the time to clearly write their goals down on a piece of paper and review those goals regularly. It's something that takes place in the human mind called the mind-body crossover. And the, the best analogy I can give to that, having studied architecture, is an architect comes up in his mind with the concept of a building And then he sits down and he makes a sketch on a piece of paper and then, of course, converts that into a blueprint. And a year later, now you have a structure that sits over on the horizon. It's a physical building. I think a lot of that is also somewhat similar in how goals work. If you just have goals and dreams in the back of your mind bouncing around, you never put them in writing and you never commit action to them. So one of the biggest things I find in my life and also in the life of others I coach is it all starts with goals. Get out a sheet of paper, put together a goal journal and review those and then figure out what habits successful people that have accomplished those goals are doing daily and then start doing those things to create the muscle memory in your life to start moving you forward so that you're not stagnant. There's basically two groups of people. There are people that are moving forward that are taking action and there are people that are stagnant that are just like you said, sitting there floating around like a cork in the ocean. Yeah. You also discuss the idea of the farm club system. Tell us what that is. Yeah, in the farm club system, what I find in sales and in coaching a lot of companies and a lot of salespeople is people just don't have a regular system of getting qualified leads. You know, they don't understand uh, how to get in front of people, how to create an explanation of services. And what I find in life and what I find in sales is there's high value activity, And these are specific and intentional activities that you should be doing daily that align with the highest and best use of your time. And as we know, in business, the goal of any business is to secure a customer. And then, of course, you have low value activities and things are things that obviously are not in alignment with the highest and best use of your time. But what I find with so many salespeople is they just don't have a good system set up to get in front of people and generate those leads. And so one of the things that we've created in our coaching is what we call the legacy selling system. And that's having different buckets of people that you're actively working. The farm club is just a group of people that has expressed interest in your goals and services. Yeah. You know, in in the real estate world, they sometimes talk about having a farm. It's just a geographical area that is basically your territory. And they talk about working your farm and planting your seeds and then harvesting. It takes a while, though. I mean, especially in real estate where the buying cycle is, is so long and the itch cycle, the scratch cycle is really long because some people buy a house and never move. 
And some people buy a house every, you know, five to seven years. And so that takes a lot of patience, I would imagine. Uh, do, do you find that, uh, salespeople, d- depending on the industry, do, do you find that salespeople are different in terms of their temperament and what they're willing to do? Um, I do somewhat. The, the biggest problem I see is studies have shown, and we've even seen this in our business, it takes an average of seven to 15 touches to take a prospect to the point of becoming a customer. And I think the biggest mistake people make in business is they give up after the third or fourth attempt. They don't have million-dollar follow-up. They don't have a system in place, much like on the front end, that's generating leads through this legacy selling system. There's nothing on the back end of the process, which we call the million-dollar follow-up, and that's how do you provide those 7 to 15 touches. Some of them are linear. Some of them are nonlinear. If it takes that long and most salespeople or most people in business give up after the third, fourth, or fifth attempt, you're never getting to the point to really move the needle and think of all the additional business you could generate if you just went the extra mile knowing it takes seven to 15 touches. Yeah. You just alluded to the million-dollar follow-up sequence. Tell us more about that. Yeah, the million-dollar follow-up, much like the legacy selling system for us in our coaching, is how you provide a series of touches to move the needle and get people moving forward in the process of becoming a prospect and now a customer. One of the things I believe firmly is that you always want to be moving people to an event in the future. You like what we're saying? Great. Why don't you come and audit our free event next week on Tuesday? We also have another event you can audit on Thursday. If you like what you see, great. We'll talk once again. So many people in sales do what I call selling the flirt. They want to be that relationship builder rather getting down to the nitty gritty. And that is ultimately, are we ever going to do business together? When I was in sales for other businesses, I used to meet with people three or four times and take them out to lunch and get to know them. And finally, I just said to myself, I've got to start you know, closing. And so instead of selling the flirt and being a relationship builder, I just said to myself, I've got to have that difficult coming to Jesus conversation and say something like, Brian, I really like taking you to lunch, buddy, but I just need to know, are you and I ever going to do business together? And usually nine out of 10 times, a person will be very apologetic. And then, of course, that conversation would then transcend into sales. And lo and behold, I had a new customer. Wow. That takes that takes some boldness. But after a while, you have to realize you need some closure on where this could possibly go or not ever go at all. So how do you adopt a closing mindset? Because some people have a hard time with that. And then um, conversely, uh, other people are way too aggressive about that. You have to create what I call that tension between you as the expert and the prospect or person you're talking to. And if you're able to create that what I call good tension where you are coming across as the expert and you have tremendous conviction in your product and services, it does not come across offensive, but it definitely moves the process forward. And that's really what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. We've got about a minute to our next break. How do you go from begging to develop the courage to do what you really need to do? Um, I call it developing big brass balls. Um, And that is you really just need to ask for the sale. You need to realize that there are so many people out there. There's so much money out in the world that if you lose a prospect or you lose a sale, there's just uh, many more people out there that you can be talking to. And so you just have to take that approach and you just have to basically talk to people and say, look, I've got a great product and a great service. If you want it, great. Let's do business together. If you don't, who's next? 
Absolutely. We are coming up against, against our next break. My very special guest is Brad Blazer, and his book is called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. We'll talk about some of the people that he's interviewed and met, what he's learned from them, and we'll talk about the art of beliefology. We will talk about his podcast. We'll talk about his coaching program, and we'll come right back after the break. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Brad Blazer, and his book is called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. And if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, go ahead and do that. Go to successprofilesmagazine.com. It's a brand that was an extension of Success Profiles Radio, and it's a labor of love that we do every single month. And I'd love for you to subscribe. There's a seven-day trial for just a dollar. So go to successprofilesmagazine.com to do that. So, Brad, before the break, you wanted to tell a story about the topic we were discussing, which is developing courage. And I'd love for us to hear that right now. Yeah. Um, when I was in the oil and gas business and uh, had, of course, my sales team, uh, they were on the phone daily reaching out to our prospective investors. I had this individual that was a retired neurosurgeon, very wealthy doctor. He told me that he had invested uh, alongside one of the major developers in some Las Vegas casinos. And when he finally flew out in his own private Learjet, uh, to meet me and my team, I knew that he was certainly very qualified. But for whatever reason, he just would not commit. And, you know, I realized that investing in an oil and gas well is certainly very risky. There's always the chance of drilling a dry hole. And perhaps that's what he was fearing. But finally, one night, I just said to myself, you know, I've got to really close this guy if he's ever going to commit. And so we were talking and I said, Dr. Schnack, it takes two things to invest in an oil well. And he said, what? And I said, it takes big balls and lots of money. Which of the two don't you have? 
Now, when I said that, Brian, I bit my tongue. But after what seemed like eternity, he said, Brad, tell me again how much three units in your program cost. And I said, go get your checkbook and I'll tell you how to fill out the paperwork. And he became one of the best investors we ever had. But I think you have to get to a point in your conviction and the belief about what you're doing where you can say things like that. And that's creating what I call that tension between you as the expert that has something of value and then, of course, your prospect. Most yeah. people in sales would never do that. They don't have the courage. They don't have the prey drive. But sometimes you have to challenge the person on the other end of the phone. And when somebody's worth a few hundred million dollars, they don't want to be talked up to. They don't want you to beg. You just have to look at them eye to eye and say, this is just how we do business. It takes two things. It takes balls and it takes money. And if you don't right. have either one, that's fine. And he proved to me that he had both. And like I said, that's how you close people in the sales process when you have that prey drive. Yeah. And it also takes a really great ability to read people to know yeah. when it's appropriate to be able to do that. Because if you play that card too soon, it can backfire badly. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the people that you've had a chance to meet, interview, and talk to. Uh, we teased the topic of Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. How did you meet him? Kevin O'Leary initially was somebody I met as a keynote speaker. Uh, I was at an event. He was brought in as the keynote by an individual that I had worked with before. And so I heard him speak and then, of course, went up and approached him towards the end, shook his hand, and um, introduced myself. And then I saw him again about nine months later, and we exchanged. And so uh, we've actually met probably three or four times over the course of the last few years. And, you know, he's really a humble, very genuine guy. He doesn't come across as the shrewd shark that he is on Shark Tank. But his message really is that when you're in business, know your business inside out. You know, he is the guy on Shark Tank, I think, that of all of the sharks calls people out when they don't know their numbers. Yes. And when they really don't understand their business. And he said, look, you know, when you're in business and you're pitching sharks, especially guys like myself and Cuban and Kevin Harrington, you can't pussyfoot around. You got to come in here prepared. You got to come in here with your elevator pitch. And I think it gets back to just business in general. You always got to prepare for success and you got to expect success. Yeah. What did you learn from President Bush? Boy, President Bush was very interesting. You know, we as Americans look to the presidency and I think for most people realize, you know, they are, of course, one of the most powerful people on the planet Earth. But what President Bush did a very good job of explaining is that his life changed dramatically on 9-11, where he became the president of the United States. But then literally in a phone call, when they, of course, told him that uh, the planes had crashed into the towers, that we were now a country at war. And he said it was really very interesting to see. Number one, how I changed, but also how the role of me as a president changed going from a moment in peace to going from a nation that is now fighting al-Qaeda and ISIS that is at war with the Arab nations. Um, but really a great guy. What a lot of people don't know about George Bush is he's also a very accomplished artist and is taking up painting as a hobby and yeah. uh, I'm quite skilled at it. Yeah, he was on Jay Leno one time, and they were discussing that, and they showed pictures of some of his paintings. He is really, really good. In fact, it's it's interesting. I mean, you'd be surprised at who you find are really talented. I, I think Keith Richards is also a very talented artist. Oh wow! I did not know that. That was. <laughs> I, I think I think so. One one of those one of those older musicians. I think it's might might be Keith Richards, but it's really really amazing what people are talented at, other than the thing they're most known for. Sure. 
I will tell you, I am a lifelong Vikings fan. And so when you said Fran Tarkenton, my heart skipped a beat a little bit. I would love to hear what you learned from him because he's also a very accomplished businessman apart from his career in football. Absolutely. Fran has done so much in his life as an executive and as a business person. He was one of the founders in the infomercial Guthy Ranker. Yep. Uh, today runs a very successful financial services company out of his offices in Atlanta called Tarkenton Financial. They're a huge marketing organization for the insurance industry. But really what I learned from Fran going down to his offices and meeting with him and his son, Matt, and of course their team, is really just never give up on your goals and dreams. You know, here there was a guy that was one of the best players in the NFL that after football, unlike a lot of people, said, okay, what is the next chapter in my life going to be? What's my future? And then, of course, has started and done very, very well in multiple businesses, not just one, but one and then another and then another once again, showing me that, you know, you can be successful in one business, have a very successful exit, and then go on to create multiple streams of income and multiple businesses for yourself. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about how hard it is to change your beliefs about something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It certainly is not easy, and I think that's one of the big challenges for so many people. It's why I actually trademarked the art of beliefology and that phrase and that concept that changing your beliefs and changing your habits will allow you to have a brighter and better future. Uh, Your todays do not have to be your tomorrows. And I think at the end of the day, really what it comes down to, Brian, is um, unfortunately a lot of people are just lazy. You know, as I say, everybody wants to eat, but very few people are willing to hunt, right? We all want the six-pack abs, but unfortunately most of us don't want to put the time in at the gym. And so I tell people, I'm selling two things. I'm selling painkillers and I'm selling vitamins. And I think the problem is that in our society today, so many people have been trained that the weekend is a time to really just goof off and, uh, you know, relax and go uh, eat chicken wings and drink beers. But as you and I know, successful people use the weekends to restore, mm-hmm. they use the weekends to plan. They use the weekend to structure big events so that when they come to work Monday morning, they're living life on the offensive rather than the defensive. And I think that's one of the big problems is that our society as a whole has really been lied to. And unfortunately, most people are just conforming. And as a result of being conformist, they're just getting by. Most, as we know, are living check to check, and they never aspire to the true success in life they can become by studying the habits of truly successful people. Success is not easy, trust me, I hustle, but what I've done is I've adopted the habits of successful people by learning and growing from others. Absolutely, so let's talk more about the art of beliefology. How did that get started? You know, the art of beliefology really was something that just came out of we one night. Um, You know, I firmly believe that you need to have positive affirmations. You need to basically be looking at yourself in the mirror every day and in asking yourself, you know, what am I good at and reinforcing your, your message to you because the words that follow the words I am will define you. And so one day as I was writing, you know, change your beliefs, change your habits, uh, I said, wow, the art of beliefology. And I wrote that down and I looked at it and I said, that is so cool. I really like that because that really establishes and sets me apart from every other speaker and every other trainer. If I trademark that, nobody else can use that phrase. And so we filed for a federal trademark and um, the art of beliefology was established and that's how it came to be. That's fantastic. So how do we overcome self-limiting beliefs? 
you know, the first thing you have to understand is that your mind is like a garden, right? You have weeds, and then, of course, you have towering oaks. And it simply is a process of replacing beliefs with good beliefs. You have to say, is this belief or this fear that's holding me back real? Or is it something that I believe because of what I've been told or what people have basically told me I should believe? And, of course, most beliefs that people have go back to childhood. Many psychologists and many studies have been done. And really what you want to try to do is identify where is that belief coming from? Did it come from my parents? Were they trying to protect me? Did it come from friends, family? And if you can identify kind of where that belief comes from, what you can do is replace it with a new belief. Once you replace it, though, you can't just stop there. You have to ask yourself, what are the habits of people that adopt that new belief that I've just put into my mind? What are they doing? And then you start doing them. And it takes an average of 66 days, science has proven, to have a habit basically create the muscle memory so that it now becomes a new lifestyle. And I tell people, and, you know, working out and becoming fit is a great example. If you're trying to lose weight, I just tell people, start by just walking around the block and do that for three or four days. And then after that, start picking out light poles or telephone poles and say, okay, I'm going to jog the next two and then walk and then jog the next two and walk. And I said, every day, just increase another distance. And before you know it, you'll be running 5Ks and 10Ks. And that's exactly the same process, really, in almost anything you want to do, right? If you want to be successful in business, you start planning the week, Sunday afternoon, to know who do I need to reach out to? Who do I need to create events with? Who do I have on my hit list? Who's in my farm club? Uh, who's in my feeder system. And then, of course, people that have expressed interest, you need to be providing that million-dollar follow-up. That's the difference I tell people in living an offensive life and planning for success. Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to our break. You have a podcast called Learn to Soar. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing the podcast really probably since uh, June, July. And the, the intent of the podcast is to bring on really unique thought leaders and people that have just accomplished amazing things So that when people uh, listen to those podcasts, they can say to themselves, wow, if that person can do that, I can do this. I mean, I've interviewed the only person to reach the summit of Mount Everest, Greg Paul, with two artificial knees at the age of 62. Uh, Darren Miller, the world's greatest endurance swimmer. Here's a guy that is the only person to ever complete all seven swims in the Ocean Seven on the first attempt. Nobody else in the history of mankind has been able to achieve that. And so when you listen to these podcasts, they're just truly inspiring messages, as well as other coaches and thought leaders and people from ministry and business. Fantastic. We are coming up against our last break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Brad Blazer. His book is called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. And he's got another book coming out very soon. And we will be talking about that as well when we come back from the break. And we'll talk about his coaching programs. He's got a couple of really wonderful coaching programs where he helps people become their best versions of themselves in life and in business. And we'll talk about what makes his programs unique from others that you might see out there. So we'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Brad Blazer, and his book is called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life. And if you have not picked up my new book, it's been about a year now. It's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's in the bookstores. It's on Amazon and everywhere that fine books are sold. Volume 2 is coming out very, very soon, and I cannot wait for that. So, Brad, let's talk about your two coaching programs. One of them is Build Your Beast. Tell us about that. Yeah, Build Your Beast is really a program that is designed around what I call seven talents or seven demonstrated capacities. Uh, It kind of comes from the parable of talents in the Bible and the concept that we will spend an entire month really drilling into you one thing so that you become an expert at that one thing and really get to a point where you could probably teach others before we introduce, quote, the next talent or the next capacity. And over the course of six months, you pick up these seven traits or these seven capacities that are going to make you a better person. And these are the habits or capacities that I have found many successful people have in practice on a daily basis. One, as an example, is creating what I call a very good explanation of your services. That is so that when you're asked, what is it you do, you don't commoditize yourself and put yourself in a bucket with everybody else in the same profession. I believe that people do business with others that have beliefs similar to theirs. And so you lead with your beliefs that create value and interest in what you do. Another capacity that we also, of course, develop is the prey drive and understanding how that is triggered within salespeople and how you can trigger that within yourself if you're in business or you're in sales so that you can be closing more and having more success. That's great. What can we expect if we participate? Well, uh, people that have gone through the program typically see anywhere from a 30 to 50% increase in their success or earnings over a nine-month cycle. Uh, And so, you know, it really comes down to what you're looking for. I believe that, um, and I've read Stephen Covey, that, you know, money does not buy happiness. I know a lot of very affluent, wealthy people that are miserable. And so through the coaching program, I really focus on the same four things that Stephen Covey talks about in his writings, and that is, you know, your level of fitness, your physical fitness. I believe that there's definitely a correlation between the body and the mind. We also, of course, talk about your spiritual side, and that is, of course, the belief you have with God. And I know there's plenty of atheists and agnostics out there, and that's fine, but maybe you're into meditation, or at least you believe that there's something spiritual that you can connect to. 
The other, of course, is uh, what I call your emotional, and that's the relationship with your spouse and your children. And then lastly, of course, is your societal, and those are the relationships you have with others. I believe that business is nothing more than the positive exchange of energy between two people and that money changes hands when problems are solved. And so Rock Thomas has coined a wonderful word that I've actually stolen, and that is in life you want to become a fulfillionaire. You want to have the wealth, but you also want to have the fulfillment that comes along with that. And so that's a word that I've kind of picked up on, and uh, it's what I aspire to be, and it's what I think others that I'm coaching aspire to be as well. That's fantastic. Who is a good fit for this program? A great fit for the program is really anybody that wants greater success in life or that simply wants better life. Uh, we have people in sales. We have people that are business owners. We have people that are uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, it really is the individual that is just unhappy at where they are. They feel like they're stuck. They feel that they've just plateaued. And so uh, through the coaching and through the Build-A-Beast, they're able to understand where some of those limiting beliefs or where some of that self-doubt might be in the art of beliefology. And then we work to challenge those false beliefs and replace them with new positive beliefs so that they can move forward and have greater success in all areas of their life, not just financially, but also in the other three that I mentioned as well. Awesome. Do you have a favorite success story from someone who's gone through this? I do. I absolutely do. Uh, the one, of course, was when I was in business. I actually write about this in my book. It was a young man by the name of Jeff that applied to an ad. We were looking to hire somebody. And mind you, I was in a prestigious office building. You know, we had accountants and we had attorneys on the floors above and below us. And this guy actually shows up for an interview dressed in a pair of jeans with holes in the knees, a flannel shirt long hair like Billy Ray Cyrus and a Fu Manchu mustache. And I think for most people, the interview would have ended right there. But I never forget what my grandfather told me. He said, people will forget your name and they might forget what you do, but they will never forget how you make them feel. And so I took this guy into the back office. We chatted for about 30 minutes. And I finally looked at him and I said, why do you really want to come work for me? And he said, it's because I want to give my wife and my daughter everything they don't have. And I want a better life for us. And I said to myself, I can mold this guy. And so he came back the following week and dressed not much better than he did for the interview. And we began the process of transformation. I said to myself, if I can make this guy think differently about himself, he'll have a much brighter future. And so I took him down. We went to a department store, redressed him from head to toe, bought him some new suits, took him to the salon, had him give him a complete makeover, just like you see on TV. Mm -hmm. And three months later, I was actually walking down the hall to my office and I stopped. And there's this guy on the phone pitching a prospective investor he had on a beautiful felt Stetson, which at the time was about a $250 cowboy hat, chopping on the end of a cigar. He was wearing a nice shirt and a nice pair of slacks and had a brand new Rolex watch that he had picked up with one of his commission checks. And I said, man, look at you after he hung up the phone. He said, Mr. Blazer, I cannot thank you enough. You told me when you started coaching me that whatever my mind could believe, I would achieve. And every time I sit behind the desk, I see myself as J.R. Ewing. And that wow. young man went from being a roughneck in the oil and gas industry, which is what he was doing when he came in for the interview, which explains the close, to making close to $200,000 with us that first year. And so it was really understanding how to transform people, but more importantly, how to get people to think differently about themselves. Fantastic. Where can we learn more about that? Uh, it's actually written in the book. It's one of the chapters in the book is that story. The other thing, of course, is a gentleman I coached uh, that was overweight. He started working out and doing the things that I was prescribing, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, for the first time, I've lost almost 60 pounds. I'm starting to think of myself as an athlete. 
Yeah. And I said, an athlete, most guys that are 80 pounds overweight don't think of themselves as athletes. I said, now that you think of yourself that way and you look in the mirror and that's what you see, you, not, you need to start adopting now the habits of an athlete. So start asking yourself daily, what do athletes do differently than what I was doing before? And he's gone on to lose now about another 10 pounds on the journey to reach his target weight. That's beautiful. I love that. You've got another book coming out soon, Blueprint for Your Better Self. Yeah, I do. That one is actually in its final stages. Uh, for the most part, it's done. Uh, that was a little bit more challenging to write than the last one, Brian. Uh, but that'll be out probably in late November, early December. And so Blueprint for Your Better Self really is the how-to of beliefology. The first book, which is, of course, On the Wings of Eagles, shares the stories and messages. But really, the Blueprint for Your Better Self is the how do you actually do this? It's what I call the recipe for becoming the architect of your life, and that's what we're actually doing. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. So what is the biggest risk you've ever taken in business? I think the biggest risk for me is actually probably starting my business and moving forward, uh, not knowing whether I would be successful. Um, and I think that, you know, looking back, it's probably one of the greatest things I ever did because once I did that and I had success, it proved to me that I was capable of really doing anything that I had set my mind to. Great. I know you like to read. What are some of the most influential books that you've ever read? Yeah, I've got a big stack over here in my office. One of the books I really like is the book Winning by Jack Welch. Uh, he talks about a number of things, of course, when he was at the helm of uh, GE. Uh, another person that I just really, really love is uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, and I, I just love Jeffrey's little books. They're short little nuggets of information. Yep. Uh, but he really digs into some good stuff in some of his books as well. Yeah, he was my 100th guest several years ago. It's <laughs> a great guy. I just love him to death. Yeah, he, he really is. He's really funny. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is really to study the habits of other successful people that have been where I want to go. That is amazing. How has that benefited you? Well, number one, it's helped me avoid a lot of the mistakes that I know I probably would have made had I not done that. Um, the other thing, of course, is it has dramatically reduced the time that I had to invest in getting from A to B. Uh, whether it was reaching out to them as mentors or whether it was just reading their books, but really just studying the habits of successful people, listening to their podcasts, reading their books, and adopting their habits and seeing what it was they did that allowed them to be hugely successful in life. Uh, I found in my life and in my journey that people that have reached huge levels of success uh, think differently and do things differently. And uh, unfortunately, most people don't have those same qualities or traits. But the wonderful thing that I'm here to tell people is they can be learned. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that is the wonderful thing about your mind is that your mind is like a computer. It can be programmed and it really just is very dependent on what you put into it. Like I said before, I sell painkillers and vitamins. And if you're going to have a pity party and you're going to go into the weekends and celebrate the fact that you can goof off and have a great time and drink and, you know, celebrate with chicken wings and all of the other stuff. Um, that's great. But on the other side is the people that have the desire that really want to change, they can change. And that's the beautiful thing about your life is your life today doesn't have to be your life tomorrow. You can transform and you can grow into the beast that you were born to be. And that's one thing I truly believe is that we were all born as beasts. But unfortunately, that prey drive has been suppressed. 
And what you have to do is you have to understand how to reinvigorate yourself so that you're starting to do those things that you can scale and grow and become a better person in all areas of your life. Perfect. What has surprised you about your journey? That I've been able to really do a lot of the things that I set out for myself. Uh, when I put together my bucket list, uh, <laughs> I was pretty bold and pretty ambitious in a lot of the things. And I'm very visual. I actually go through magazines and I cut out pictures. So rather than just writing down my goals, I have a vision board. You know, things like a new yacht or a new sports car or a nicer house or a fancier watch. And I've accomplished most everything on that list. Uh, I think the next big audacious goal for myself is Greg Paul, who's now over in the Himalayas, uh, the gentleman that actually climbed Mount Everest, is over there once again trying to climb one of the other sister mountains called Amadoblin. And so if you go to my Facebook page, you can see some of the updates from Greg on his journey. I think the next thing is I'm going to reach out to him and go scale just a big audacious mountain, you know, something like Denali or K2 and have him by my side. Because if you're going to go, you want to go with the best. And here's a guy that certainly knows what he's doing. Absolutely. If you could give advice to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him? I think the one thing that I would tell myself if I could go back knowing what I know now is um, start soon in life rather than later, and always, always take an interest and be learning from other people. You never know who's going to be sitting next to you in a restaurant. You never know who's going to be sitting next to you on the train. Always interact with people because uh, you can always learn uh, from others. Absolutely. And the question I ask everyone at the end, who inspires and motivates you? Well, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier, and that's, I guess I would have to say, after seeing Matt McConaughey nail this, uh, it is the uh, the version of myself five or ten years from now. Um, I'm always chasing success, and I'm always asking myself when I look in the mirror, what can I be doing better? Uh, what can I scale to over the next five to ten years? So really the person that constantly motivates and inspires me is just a better per a better version of myself. Fantastic. Where can we find you? Where can we get your book? How can we tribe and vibe with you? Yeah, so my uh, my website is just www.bradblazer.com. It's B-R-A-D-B-L-A-Z-A-R. And you can also go to the website, myurls.co backslash bradblazer. That has links to my LinkedIn, my social media, all of the podcasts. I'm on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And that's where you can find us. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Brad. It was really fun having you here. Thanks so much, Brian. I've enjoyed it. All right, and thanks all of you for listening today. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from it. Until next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.